Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you today, Father, we thank you for all the children in this church and the blessings they bring to our lives. And, and Lord, uh, we ask you to protect our children and from all ages, Lord, that uh, you'd be with them and with the leaders that lead them and, and just guide and direct them to an understanding of who you are. Lord, let us encounter you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Who wants to encounter God today? I do. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't even think about it, could care less. And they go through life running on empty, running on, running on adrenaline, running whatever they can. And all the time, they're always in drama. They're always, they're always running at the end of the ropes. They're always just going wild and nuts. And life is crazy all around them. And it's like, wake up. There's better ways to live than always dangling at the end of that rope. And uh, um, that's not where God wants us to be, where we're just such in drama and, and, and stress in our lives that we, that we got every, all, the red, all the, everybody get mad and your veins pop out. Bill, let her happen to you and your veins just pop out, you know, and you're just hanging on, ah, you know, and, and it's like, that's insane. That's insane to, to even live that way, but yet so many of us do, and, and there's different things in our lives that bring all that on. But I know that I have the safety net. I know I have Jesus that I can always turn to. I can always open up the Word of God, no matter what time of day, in the middle of the night, no matter what it is, when things are stressing you out and you're bothering you, you can always go to God. You can always go to your knees in prayer. You can always go to God, and He's always there to, to listen to you and then also to communicate back. You know, I, I serve a God that communicates with me. He isn't silent, and if you don't know a God that communicates with you, then there's something wrong in your life, and it's not God. There's something going on that you're not able to communicate with God. See, I, I always want to encounter God. I love to encounter God. I love to, when, I'm, when something's going on in my life, I can open up the Bible, and those verses just, boom. It's like, that's what I needed. Because I'm just about at the end of my rope with one, one part of my life, and God says, here, here, here's some verses that will help you get through that. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, raise your hand, do something if you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, isn't that good of God? Isn't that good? He says, I know you're at your rope. Now just do me a favor. Let go. <laughs> Let go and trust me when you need to trust me the most. But for whatever reason, we wait till the veins pop out of our head, and then we finally, we have to let go because we're just completely wore out. And I don't want to do that. I want to I let go when God tells me to let go into the rope. I'm not on my screen up here. I'm on my phone, but not on my screen. Hmm. Well, I'll just come down there. Do it the old-fashioned way. Remember I used to do this all the time? Yeah. yeah. To live a vibrant... You guys read me that principle. It's imperative, isn't it? If I want to live a life that I want to encounter God and, and, and be with God, and, 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 and I have to break from the world. I mean, I can't, I can't, have, I can't have all this going on. I've got to break from the world. I, everybody know what this is? This is you, and this is, your, this is the temptations out in front of you, and you just keep following you, and you're constantly trying to catch it, you know? It's like a carrot. Guess what Satan does? It's like a carrot on a stick. Come here, Bill. Come here, Bill. Take a bite. And we fall for it all the time. We chase it and we go after it. Yet we know we can't ever catch it. 
And if we did, it would be terrible. To live a vibrant life in Christ, to live this life, I've got to be separated. Uh-oh, technicians are coming. Did you get it? That's all right. James 4.4, 4, and I put this verse here with this. It says, adulterers and adulteresses. This is not a, a, a physical, this is a spiritual your spiritual life that is continually trying to motivate you to go somewhere belong except for God. It's that carrot that's always out there. And that's what they're talking about, your spiritual life that is always going somewhere it doesn't belong. But if I want to have a vibrant life and encounter God, then i got to pay attention. Adulterers and adulterers, do you not know? And it's talking to the people that know God, okay? It doesn't talk to the world. It's talking to people that want to know God. It says, do you not know? That friendship with the world is enemy with God. Do you not know that? Are you unaware of that? Do you not know you can't go around doing whatever you want to do as the world does it and expect God to say, good job. Maybe next time you'll get it right. Do you not know that you're an enemy of God when this takes place? Do you not know anything about the Bible? Do you not know God at all? Are you not encountering God in any way? It says, Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself what? Everybody read that. Makes himself what? Okay, an enemy of God. So now all I got to do is figure out what's an enemy of the world, what's the part of the world, and then I understand that I'll be an enemy of God. You, you can't chase the carrot and expect God to agree with you and think God's okay with that. You can't just continue in life in sin and of the world and think God's okay with it because he's not. And I promise you, it's not good for you. It's not good for you. And some of you get so blind to, to sin and evil and temptations and stuff, you keep falling for it. You're not even sure when you're all messed up, but I can tell you, you're messed up. I see it all over you. And the world is conquering you. But God loves you so much. He doesn't want you to go there. So he gives us these wonderful verses to help us. The torture said, the do you not know that friendship with the world is an enemy with God? Can't you just see God talking to you right now? And he's helping you. He's saying, you know what's in your heart. You know what you're doing. You know what you're thinking. I know it too. I know it. Whoever th therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy to God. Okay, so what's the world? Anything outside of God's word. Amen? Anything outside of God's truth and his love is the world. And so how do you know what it is? You've got to get into God's word and find that out. And when you see what the world is, you start to separate yourself from the world. Does that make sense? Because you see it. It's right there in front of you. And either you're an enemy of God or you're with God. There is no in-between. Is there any lead way to be in-between there? There is not. There's none. Go ahead, please. I kind of like it down here. It's been a while since I've been down here. Everybody read that principle for me. Oh, man. You know, that's one of the things that we deal with so much is that if in today's world, good is evil, evil is good, and you know, we hear that all the time. It's like everything's upside down and crazy. Then we hear the people that, well, I can change this person. I can change that person. You can't. You, you can't. Let me go again. Not even a passionate profession to love others can change evil to good. 
I can't change you. You can't change anybody. All you can do is give them the light. You be the reflection of the light, and you give them the light, and either they change or they don't. Amen? And some of us, we get at the end of ropes because people, they won't change. And I, sometimes I struggle so much, one of the things I struggle so much with is when I see people that won't leave sin alone. They keep chasing the daggone carrot, and you know, it's like, oh, the, the, the carrot's gone now. They done ate it. They caught it. They just keep chasing, and it's like, don't you know? You can't do it. Evil is evil and good is good. I didn't say it. Who said it? God said it. So what is good and what is evil? This is what's good according to God, not me, but according to God, and I agree with him. So if you don't agree with whatever, I, whatever the Bible says or whatever I say what the Bible says, then you're not arguing with me. You're arguing with God. Take your complaints to God and see how that works out for you. Just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. Amen? One day, everybody here is going to go to heaven or hell. And everybody's going to face Jesus. You are. Whether you believe it or not does not matter. God says it's happening, and it's going to happen. Now, I'm going to go face God, and I'm going to go with a smile on my face. Some of you are going to face God, and you're going to be going, no, 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 no. But you're going to face him. And you're either going to be the enemy of God or a friend of God. No one between. And God's going to say, I sent my servants over and over and over again to tell you the truth. But yet you still were the enemy of God. In Isaiah 5.20 it says, Woe to those who call evil good. Now listen, in our world today, a lot of people call evil good. Am I right or am I wrong? What's, what's, what I've always known to be evil has all of a sudden been not so evil anymore. It's like a gray area or something. No, it's not. God's word has never changed. Only people change. And then we expect God's word to change with us. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. So, woe to those. And that's a big, big, whoa. I got a horse, right? You know what I want the horse to stop? What do we say, John? Whoa. You know what that means? Stop! Because your life depends on it. Your life can depend on it. Because if it doesn't stop, it takes off running. Who knows what can happen? The only time a horse doesn't stop a whole lot when you tell it, well, if we're riding, is when we're a bunch of bees. There ain't no control in that horse when you're a bunch of bees. You can woe all you want, and he's gone. That's like a lot of us. But God says, whoa. I mean, stop. It's not going to be good for you. So woe to, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Deception and lies is the main thing of the world, isn't it? I don't care who you are, deception and lies, it continues to try to, to change things and, and spin things. It doesn't work, not with God. And if you know God and you know who God is and you're encountering God, you'll start to see through these things. And you understand the carrot that's so beautiful in front of you. And you learn to leave it alone. Who put darkness to light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Everybody agree with me or not? Just a few of you. Okay, I'll go with a few. Go ahead, John. When love fails, now I'll talk to you a little bit about love because we're talking about this end of the rope thing. It seems like sometimes, at least for me, it seems like sometimes love can fail. 
He's like, where's God at? And then when I'm at the end of my rope, and, and, I, and I understand this evil and all this stuff, and, but I'm at the end of my rope, and it's like, where's God? He says, what I wrote here is when love fails, it's not Jesus. Because, see, Jesus has a love that's proven right there upon his cross. That's a love that cannot change. It will not change. And what happens is sometimes we get so involved in our lives and so involved in chasing the carrot and so involved in, in sin that when we come to that end of the rope, it's like, where has God been? But see, he doesn't leave. His love is perfect, and it doesn't leave us. I've got some verses to, to back that up. He never, never, his love can never leave us. It's already there. It's there. It can't leave us. 1 Corinthians 13, 38, and this is the thing we read in a lot of weddings. Love never fails. You say, well, a lot of people get divorced. A lot of people do this and that and that. That wasn't God's love. That was your love. That's some kind of love you made up. God's love is what we're talking about. All through this is God's love. And God's love never fails. That's a promise of God. Amen? That's a promise of God. When you're dangling on into that rope, that his love has not failed you. And that's the love that we can go back to and grab a hold of. It won't fail us. In Romans 8... 35, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, we're not talking the love of man, but the love of Christ, his love. Who? Who can separate that love? Who can tell God to quit loving you? No one. So who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall the end of that rope, can that separate from the love of God? No, it cannot. Although you can make yourself act like you're separated from God. Where's God? Where's God? Well, God's right there. Or the stress the stress of our lives. Can that separate God's love? No, it cannot. No, it cannot. Our persecution, our famine, our nakedness, our pearl, our sword, none of these things can separate the love of God from your life. It cannot. Go ahead, please. For I am persuaded, and this is Paul talking, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nothing, death or life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think Paul was pretty positive about the love of God, don't you? Now, see, if I can get there, if I can really get there with that love of God that he's talking about, I'm going to have that attitude. I'm going to have that, that personality and that encounter with God, no matter what's going on in my life. Paul had it. And he wrote it down for us to, to read it and understand it, that we can have that same mindset, that same attitude. In Revelation 2, 4, that kind of throws a spin here. It says, nevertheless, I have this against you. And it's God talking. It's Jesus talking. And he says, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Oh, man. Who left who? You left God. You, you're, you're, the love that you know that God has for you. Somehow you've, you've misplaced it. You've set it aside. You've chased that carrot so long. You have fell in love with the world. But it says in the other verses that God's love will never leave us. That's the thing. God's love has not left you. It's not. It's you have separated yourself from God. Is everybody understanding me? Yes. Even a good Christian... When the world starts to crave, you just cave down upon you. You can get the notion that God's not there with you. But in these verses in Corinthians and in Romans, we can see that God is always there with us. 
And Satan loves nothing more than to change your mindset and your attitude towards God. That's his goal is to throw everything at you he can to change your attitude. You're not good enough for God to love. You're not good enough for God to even look at. You're not good enough to God to get you out of your situation. I'm telling you, that's not God because God's love is forever. And you're listening to the wrong spirit. You're listening to a spirit of evil, a demon, a, a spirit of, of hell. That's what you're listening to. And then you take your life and you say, well, oh, I guess I'll follow that. No, you do not. Don't you know you have a God that loves you? Don't you know that you have a God that died for you? Don't you know that? Don't you know that you cannot be an enemy of God and go with God? So we need to reflect back on our lives and see what's taking place if our minds are playing games with us. Go ahead, please. Are you holding on to the end of the rope or do you need to let go? You're holding on to that rope or do you need to let go? Uh, Brad, can you come up? I know Brad probably going to kill me. Please, please, Brad. <sighs> Sorry, Brad. Now, Brad, you know what this is. Yep, yep, yep. This is what you call a safety device. Can I help you put this on? Yeah, you can fasten it. You don't need, I won't make you pick it through the legs or nothing. Okay. Okay, okay. Now this is, a, this is what we do at work. When we're unloading doors on a, someplace, you have to tie on, right? Yep. You hate being up here, don't you? <laughs> you okay? Yes. Okay. Just get it over with, right? Yes. Okay. Are you holding on to the end of the rope or do you need to let go of it? Now, see, some of us, we get in these safety things. And we, 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 I mean, we think we got it. We think we got it. <laughs> we hook ourselves up with everything we can think of in the world. We think we got it. We got my life is together. We got it all together. We think we can never fall, that we don't need to let go. We can hang on and, boy... You know what the funniest thing is? If you're dangling in midair and your head's facing down, you're just dangling, you look like a dummy. Because you just fell off something you didn't belong on anyway. And you're just dangling there. It won't work. No matter what safety device you think you're holding on to in this world, no matter what it is, try getting back up there without some help. Try getting back up to where you fell without some help. Because I'll tell you what, Brad, all you either got to do is unhook this and fall to the ground, or wait for somebody to help you, right? Pretty much. Pretty much it. Pretty much it. So you're not as neat as you thought you were, were you? You're just not as cool as you thought. See, somewhere in our lives, this is going to happen. If, if, you're, if you're holding on to this world, and you think you got it all together, well, baby, you're going to go for a fall. You probably already fell a few times. And you're going to look around for somebody to pick you up. And if you look for the wrong people to pick you up, guess what? You're going to fall again. And I don't care what kind of safety device you have on, you're going to fall. And you're going to continue to fall. Either till life is over, or you get it right with God. Thank you, Brad. He's going to kill me later. Proverbs 29, 25. It says, the fear of man brings a snare. In other words, the fear of man, it's, it's, it just... It puts the snare in your life. It, you, you, like you got to control everything. But then it says, 
But whoever trusts in the Lord shall what? Be safe. Let go. Let, cut the rope. Get out of the hook. Let go. Now, I, I found something out. God, that safety net I was talking about. Go ahead, please. There's a safety net. And that safety net, you ever, see, ever watch the circus and the, the trapeze artist? Isn't that cool, man? They're not scared. They just, I, I don't care if there's a safety net. I'm still scared. I got to get past the fear of man. I got to get past the fear. And then you can just fly over them trapeze. They know when they hit that that they're safe. You, you guys love that kind of stuff when they go to the circus? Didn't it just scare you when they're up there high in the air? And you know they're going to be okay. They got a net in them. But it's still that your heart goes, oh, and you look, I'll look, take one eye and look. It just scares you. God knows that he's got us. He knows that you're scared. He knows all about it, but he also knows that you've got to learn to trust him and let go. Cut the rope, whatever you've got. You've got to learn to trust him and let go. God offers a safety net. His name is Jesus, but your eyes need to be on him, not the rope. Amen? Amen. See, if we've got our eyes on the rope and not the safety net, not Jesus, then we're all messed up still. We're not trusting him. When you're at the end of your rope, how many of you at the end of your rope today? Maybe you're at the end of your rope today. There's a few of you. The rest of you, maybe you are, maybe you're not, maybe you're about halfway down. Well, I can get back up. Climb, you, you, you climb back up. When you're at the end of the rope, it's because all efforts have failed. That's why you're in your rope. Everything else has failed. Everything you're trying has failed. And so you're there. Now you've got to determine, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Am I just going to dangle for as long as I can dangle? Am I going to cry out for help? And who am I crying out to? I got a God that loves me. I just saw that a while ago, didn't I? All the love. I got a God that loves me that's just waiting for me to cry out to him. So why try to climb back up the rope? Everyone who walks with God must what? You got to fall. You got to trust him. You got to trust him with every aspect of your life. You got to fall sooner or later. You got to fall into that safety net of Jesus. If you say you trust Jesus, then let him allow him to Take every part of your life, allow him to show you how much you can trust him. See, until you fall and let it go, you'll never know, will you? You'll never know. Go ahead, please. In Isaiah 40, 25, these are our last verses too. To whom then will you like me? And this is God. This is, I love these verses. Just before we get done here with these verses, you're just going to be, I hope you lift it up. And have this encounter with God. To whom then? And he's talking to, if you won't let go of the rope, then who you think, who you liken me to? Who do you compare God to? Are you comparing God to, to man? Are you comparing God to, to a corporation? Are you comparing God to what? You know, this coming week is going to be a meteorite st storms in the sky. And God knows every meteorite that's going to fall this week. He's got them all named. You know that? He knows them all. You know why? Because he created them all. And they're going to fall exactly where he says to fall. Not one can fall on the earth until he allows that to happen, if he ever allowed that to happen. He knows everything. That's my God. See, that, I, I have nothing to compare God to. My mind does not think like God. It's not even close to thinking like God. All I can do is get a glimpse of God, an understanding of God, from his son Jesus and from the word. That's what I've got. I do not have a mind of God, and you do not either. We couldn't even start to go there. To whom, then, will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal? So I've got to ask you something. When you think of God, how, how, do, you, how do you put that together in your mind? How do, how do you do that? Does it always go back to yourself? Well, I think God should do this, and I think God should do that. I know he'll do this. You know, that's one of the things I love about God. 
You think you got it all figured out, and you think God's going to do this, this, and this, and he does just the opposite. And you say, what in the world was that all about? Because God knows what's best, right? Our greatest plans are nothing compared to God's plan. He knows. He knows, and he loves you, and he's proven his love to us. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. And my just claim is passed over by, by my God. Have you not known, there's that word again, have you not known, have you not heard that everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? See, I have a God that, that never is upset about my stress. He never gets, oh my God, what's happened to the ball? <laughs> what happened? I never knew that was going to happen to him. He's never worried about that. He's never upset about it. He knows how long it's going to take me to get to my end of the rope. And he just, it's about time. Now let go. He's not, he never grows weary. You know, you think, I grow weary with sin, don't you? You know what? I hate sin. Oh, where's that? I hate it. You know why? It destroys lives. I hate it. And I get upset over it because I hate it so much. You're not supposed to hate anything. I hate sin, okay? I do not like it. It kills you. It destroys you. It causes more stress than anything in the world. And it's always sin. I never heard of goodness calling stress. Have you? Oh, you're beautiful. You're sweet and nice. Does that stress you out? No. You're ugly. You're ugly. Does that stress? Yeah. What are you coming at come for? Goodness never stresses you out, does it? It never does. But sin always does. Living into the world always causes this drama and stress in your life. You don't have to go there. You don't have to be there. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to come up on you and attack you because it will. It always will. But you have a safety net to fall into. Cut that rope and grab a hold of your Bible and get on your knees and pray. And there you go. Amen? But I've got to know God to go there. I've got to have encounters with God. I've got to know when God's talking to me. And the problem with the world is nobody knows, hears God anymore. If you just pay attention and listen to God and look around you, you can see God in everything. And the meteorites we'll have this week, my goodness, what a glorious God. When I look up in the stars and see the moon, what a glorious God. But our stress level is so maxed out and our lives are so messed up, we don't want to hear God. We just want God to fix everything and then get back to our stressed out life. Cool, crazy. Don't you get tired of yourself? And my just claim is passed over my, by my God. Have you not known him? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, never faints nor is weary. His understanding is what? Unsearchable. See, I, that's that mind. I can't go there. But I can trust there. Amen? I can trust there. Because I see the word of God, and I see it working in people's lives. I heard something from Tozer this week, or read something about Tozer this week, and it says, about the gospel. It says, can't, can't quote it completely right, but it says, if the gospel doesn't change you, then there's no change in you. Amen? In other words, if you go and you get the gospel of Jesus Christ and you say, I want to follow Jesus, but then there's no change in you, guess what? You ain't changed. 
Quit fooling yourself. Satan will say, yeah, you changed. You said, okay, yeah, I'll take God in my life. But if there's no change, there's no change. If you continue in that sin, if you continue to be an enemy of God, then you have not changed according to the word of God. There is no change. See, Satan will actually even leave you alone for a while. He'll let you think there's a change. He'll let you do whatever you want. He's not going to bother you. But God's still there cranking on that heart. There's got to be a change in your life. When we say we're saved, that means we're saved from the world and its destruction in hell. Amen? It doesn't mean I'm just saved from what? What am I saved from? I'm saved from the, from the evils of this world. I no longer want to live in them anymore. I'm saved from that. I'm saved from the destruction of hell. I am saved from that. And my life has changed according to God's word. I have a desire to know God. I have a desire to encounter God. Am I crazy? No. Because there's been a change in my life. I no longer want to be part of the world, although I must live in the world. That's called being holy, separate from the world. He gives power to the weak. Oh, my goodness. And we're not talking about so much strength. We're talking about people like me, the weak, the weak that, that I'm not educated, that I'm not this or I'm not that. He gives power to the weak. Amen. He gives power. Do you understand that? He gives power to the weak. That's not me saying that. That's God saying, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how low the Satan tries to hold you down or stomp you down, I can give you power. And the power is to know me and have an encounter with me. I can give you power. Power of love. Amen? That's what he's telling us. The power to know God. To encounter him every day. Every day. He gives power to the weak. How many of you here would consider yourself weak? Amen. Brent, you're weak. 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 In other words, can't do anything. I fall for sin so all the time. That car- I just keep chasing that carrot. Weak. Weak. I need that power to get over and pass that. I need the power not to chase the carrot. I need power to love people. I need power to love God, to pick up his word and see it, to believe it and trust him to let go at the end of that rope. I need that power. And to those who have no might, he increases straight. Amen? To you that think you can do nothing, to you that have been beaten down by this world, do you not know that you can love a God and he can love you that can give you power and strength. You know how I know? Right here, amen? Right here. I'm my own witness. Guess who I believe more than anybody else? Me. I try my best not to lie to myself. I believe it because I can see it. I have lived a life. Brad, you believe it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I try not to live in stress. I try not to, to live in those things, although... I'm always tempted to go there, although I'm always tempted to, to play around with it because that carrot's always after me. My goodness, I can learn to laugh at it too. Amen? You're not getting me this time. You're not getting me this time. And the world 
stops to quit beating you down because God lifts you up and loves you and gives you strength to love him back. Man, what a God we serve. See, if you don't know this God, it's because you have not attempted to know this God. See, because this God is true and real because I'm eyewitness to it. I bear witness of it. I live the witness of it. That's how I know. You don't have to believe me. It doesn't matter, but you can look around the world and see some Christians that are really trying. Not all Christians are Christians. Get me right here. Not all Christians are Christians. But there's a lot of them that are true Christians, that are living a life of Christ, that are growing in a life of Christ. Do we sin? Absolutely. But do we want to sin? Absolutely not. The difference, if you're not knowing that difference, it's because you're not allowing God to open your heart. To open your heart and just take a peek. Just take a peek. Wow. One little glimpse of God, one little peek of God. If you'll really go there, strength and glory and power will come. And those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Even the youth shall strength and be weary. And even the young men shall utterly fail, utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You know, patience is a, is a difficult thing, isn't it? It is. And that's when they're saying those who wait on the Lord, they're, they're asking for patience. I've got I've to understand things. If I don't know God's way, if it's his ways are unsearchable, then all I can do is trust him. Amen? I, I must trust him. I must recognize the safety net loves me and will hold me up. And I must trust him and let go of that rope and trust him with everything that he is. You'll have opportunity after opportunity to let go of that rope in your life. And if you'll do it and you'll trust him, your life will start to change and you'll start to see who God is in your life. You'll start to encounter God. There's nothing more exciting than seeing a young Christian encounter God. It, the, the eyes glow, the fa everything just glows because they're realizing what the world has told them is a lie. They'll realize what the world keeps preaching, that evil is good and good is evil. They'll realize it for the first time. Oh, my goodness. Woo, I can't believe I believe that stuff. I can't believe I fell for that stuff. Who was I? Well, you were weak. You were without God. And God knew it, and he kept calling you. He kept calling you. But when God grabs a hold of you and you change, those things become powerful in your life. Amen? They become powerful. I, I go, I'm going to go somewhere. How much time I got? Yeah, good shape. I got family members. I always talk about family, right? We got a reunion here next week, next Saturday, and none of you are welcome. I don't want you to meet my family. I'm just kidding. Certain family members that I've been told to get out of bed in the morning, light their cigarette, <laughs> and then while they're rolling their joint, they're drinking their beer. And I'll go talk to them about Jesus. You know what they say? Don't talk to me about Jesus. I'm fine with Jesus. No, you're not. Because you're in the world. That's not of God. Amen? Don't give me this stuff that marijuana's a seed. What are you, who are you trying to fool? You trying to lie to yourself? Well, go ahead. See how that works out for you. 
It's a drug. A drug is called pharmakia in the Bible, and you break it down, which is pharmaceuticals. And in the Old Testament, it's called sorcery and witchcraft. So what you're doing is you're playing with sorcery and witchcraft, trying to make yourself believe it's okay. It's not. How's your life working out for you, by the way? Smoking cigarettes is your deal. That's not my deal. Smoking dope, another thing. Quit it. Just quit it. You're on, there's a carrot right there. Roll another joint. See how that works out for you. It ain't going to work out, is it? See, because you're in the world, but then you'll claim God. That's what my family does. You know what? They have a miserable life. Now, to them, it's not miserable because they're always high or always drunk. But you can look at their life and say, this, that, it's always been like that. It's absolutely crazy life. And all I can do is what? The most powerful thing in the world, pray for them. Amen? That's all I can do is pray for them. That's the most powerful thing we have. And you say, well, it's never going to work. Well, how about that patient thing right there? How about having some patience with God? Because he, I don't know God how he works, but I know he works, and I'll trust him with my family. Amen? Amen? I'll trust him with it. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their what? Renew their strength. In other words, they're not stressed out. They're not dangling. They're learning to have patience with God and allow God to work in their life. Boy, it works out good. Shall renew their strength. They shall, look, don't you just love this? They shall, get, get this in a vision in your mind. What Isaiah is doing here is drawing you a beautiful mural. Mural, whatever. Whatever it is. How about a big picture? <laughs> he's, draw, he's drawing his big tapestry. Is that okay? Yeah, and it's, it's just a, glorious, and God is all over it. And he's drawing this for us, and he's saying, this is the God that loves you. This is the God. This is the life you can have. And he goes on, and he says, they shall mount up with, with wings like eagles. That's you. In other words, you can get above everything. You can cut the rope, and guess what? You're going to fly. Amen. You can mount up with these eagle wings. Nothing can touch you. Amen. And I'm not preaching about prosperity here. I'm preaching about truth. Mount up with eagle wings. They shall not run. They shall run and not be what? Weary. Weary. Now, I'll tell you what, I can run out of gas. I'll admit it. I can get myself wore out. But guess what? God never asked me to wear myself out. He never asked me to do that. That's me doing it. That's me. That's not God. And I got to learn how not to do those things. They show what? Walk in what? Not faint. Now, what's wrong with that life? Can you honestly tell me what's wrong with that life? A God that loves you, that loves you desperately, and he knows everything in the creation, and he knows that you're stressed out, and he knows you're hanging on for, for everything you've got, and he knows if you'll just trust him and let go and grab a hold of that safety net, you'll jump up and fly like a wing eagle. He knows these things. That's the, God, that's the God that loves you. That's the God that wants you to have a life like that. And he says one thing, don't you know you can't live in the world and be with me? Don't you know? What's wrong with a life like that? Then I want to ask you something. How come this country and this world acts like we're crazy? How come they act like we're all wrong? 
that we're evil, that we're terrorists. How come? Because there's something wrong with them. Amen? Amen? Because the world is coming to an end, and Satan knows it, and he's using those people. Amen? He's using them to destroy the church, to make the church like it's not truth, to make the church look like we're evil. He's using those things. He's using those things. Be thankful when you're persecuted because there's a reason you're being persecuted because you have love for God is showing deep. Amen? Amen. Be thankful. When somebody calls you a Bible thumper, say amen. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Somebody noticed. <laughs> Amen. Romans 8, 28. Will you all stand and read this with me? And we know. Brooke, come on up, please. And we know. Okay, i got to stop right there. And I preach on this sermon several times, this verse several times, but and we know. Who knows that? Who, who know, who's he talking to? He's talking to the church. Amen? He's saying, and the, the church, you know, because you are following me. You, encounter, you have encounters with me continually. You know these things to be true. He says, and you know that all things work together for good of those who love God. So that means no matter what the stress level is, no matter what's taking place, I've got to know I gotta let go. I gotta cut it. I gotta let go. Whatever sin I'm holding on to, whatever that carrot is that Satan's got out there, I cannot chase it anymore. I don't want to live that way anymore. Why in the world do you want to live a life that is destructive to you? That's tearing your body apart. That's tearing your mind apart. You don't have to do that, honey. You don't have to do that, sir. You don't have to. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. Who's it talking about? To who those, who's what? That what? Love what? Love God. It's not talking about the world. It's not talking about the people that are not trying to learn about God. It's not talking about the politics and the countries and the nations. It's not talking about all that. It's not talking about evil. It's talking about those who love God. There's a few good people that love God. Amen? There's a remnant that loves God. That's who he's talking about. And there's a billions of us across this world. We may not outnumber the lost, but we sure got a big number. Amen? Amen. I'd follow my God no matter if there was just a few of us. Because I know my God is still true. Amen? He's still righteous. He's still true. And we know all good things work together for good of those who follow God, who love God. To those who are what? The called, according to what? His purpose. There's a whole lot there, and I don't have time to go through it. But I can tell you right now, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you were called by Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. It's not an accident. It's not a, a, a coincidence. It is not that. He called you. And I can tell you right now, if you're here today, I don't care what your mind's telling you. I don't care what Satan's playing with you. I don't care what your life is about. God is calling you. You wouldn't be here. Now, you can take that call and accept him in your life and become a Christian and change your life with God. Or you can walk out these doors and have at it. That's up to you. That's between you and God. But for me and my house, we will follow the Lord. Amen? And guess what? This church is my house. And we will follow the Lord. 
We will not follow man. We will not follow the evils of the world. We will not tell evil is good and good is evil. We will not go there. Until the last man standing, we will not go there. Amen? We will not allow it in here. It's not happening. Love the Lord God with all you've got and allow him to change your life and fly like an eagle. Amen? Go ahead, please. If you love Jesus Christ, if you belong to him, these tables are open. Come and enjoy the Lord today. Come and enjoy the Lord. Encounter him today. If there's something going on in that life that needs to change, I don't know a better place than this altar today. Let that happen. But you come and enjoy the Lord today.